Good morning, Hope College. Happy Monday. Thanks for braving the storm to be willing to come out and uh, be with us this morning. I'm so excited to, uh, to be with you. Uh, as the chaplain of athletics, my name is Matt Margarone, and uh, I get to uh, serve and walk alongside the athletes. This morning, I'm representing Hope College softball, uh, just so you know. Yep, thanks, coach. Uh, so I collect free gear. So coaches, athletes, if you ever want to give anything to me, I'd love that. Um, on, a, on another note, we just heard that song about um, challenging times. And so each of us go through challenging times in life. Uh, sometimes we even talk about challenging subjects here in chapel, um, something that might spark you or cut to your core. If you ever feel like something that we talk about here needs more conversation, or you're hurting, or something's going on, and you want a conversation, hey, our chapel, or our office, is right that way. That new house right in the middle of campus, our chaplains would love to meet with you. Even walking through the snow, come on over, come join us. Hey, this morning I have my friend Abby Kruger with us, <clears throat> and she's gonna read our passage for us today. A Little bit about Abby, she's a junior here at Hope, communications major from Lansing, Michigan, um, she plays soccer. She's on the soccer team. She's involved in uh, leadership in Athletes in Action, which is something you should check out if you're an athlete here. Um, but what I love about Abby is that Abby is a great listener. And uh, in this world where everyone wants to be heard, it's truly a gift when someone has the gift to be able to listen to other people. So thank you for that gift, Abby. Abby's going to read from uh, John 6, 15 through 22 for us. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were terrified. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Then they wanted to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the land towards which they were going. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the other side of the sea saw that there had only been one boat there. They also saw that Jesus had not got into the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Let's give a big hand for Abby, thank you. I don't know if it's Monday or because it's snowing, but did you guys just hear what she just read? Like your faces are calm, you're chilled out, you just had the weekend. She just read that Jesus walked on water. Walked on water, that's crazy. That's a big deal. I've never seen that in my lifetime. Jesus walked on water. Perhaps we're immune to it because we've heard the story a million times before. Perhaps we don't believe that it's actually real. Perhaps we've seen it in children's books and pictures have been drawn about it. But that is a huge deal. Jesus walked on water. Huge deal. A big enough deal that the disciples' reaction to it was, who is that out on the water? And they were terrified. Does it terrify you thinking about a man walking on water? 
You see, the disciples were asking a question throughout their time with Jesus, and that night was no different. Who is this Jesus? Who is this man? Who is this man that can walk on water, that can heal the sick, that can turn water into wine? Perhaps this morning, that is my question for you too. One of my favorite artistic renditions of this story of Jesus walking on water got put onto a t-shirt that I think I'm gonna buy. You can check that out. I, um, there are so many things right with that picture and so many things just plain wrong with it. Um, maybe next chapel I'll wear that um, on stage. Amazing, amazing depiction of who Jesus is. But this reminds me actually of a story. See, when I was a junior at Hope College, I got the chance to study abroad. Quick plug, if you get a chance to study, do a May term, go to Europe, do something, oh my gosh, a transformational experience in my life. But I got the chance to go to Australia. And so I got to choose as a junior to go to the University of Wollongong. I had no idea where Wollongong was before I looked at the country of Australia. I just found the university that was closest to the beach and said, that's the one I wanna go to. That's right. Growing up as a Chicagoland guy, uh, first week in Australia, me and my buddy said, let's go to a local surf shop. We bought some surfboards and decided to teach ourselves how to surf. So I'm the one, that one with the long hair. Look how serious we are. We are driven and intense. So we said, all we need is a board and we'll just paddle out in the water. So this is Southeast Australia, great white sharks. We'll go, who cares? So we went out and we started surfing and tried it, and tried it out. About three weeks, a month into learning how to surf for the first time, there was this massive set that came in, this massive storm, group of waves that came in. It looked like this. It took a picture of it at our beach. And so us uh, advanced surfers at the time said, we're going to paddle out into the waves. So I paddled out into the waves, me and my buddies, and nobody could get out back. Um, but by some stroke of genius or luck, I got out back behind the waves, and I was alone in the middle of the ocean, and this wave came up. And I'm like, I am catching this wave. So I began to paddle, and I caught the largest wave that I ever have. And I am standing up on this wave, surfing. It had to have been 40 feet high. No, I don't know. It's probably like four feet high, who knows? But I thought it was huge. And I'm, I'm surfing on this wave, thinking I am at the height of my life. This is the greatest thing I've ever experienced and cheesing so hard, right? And then all of a sudden, wipe out, bail. Under the water, under the waves, in the ocean. And if you've ever been knocked out under the water, it's crazy, especially in a storm that big. So I'm under the water, I get pushed down to the bottom, and I try and come back up only to what happens next? The next wave hits you and pounds you back down under the ocean. I went from the, the height of riding this incredible wave to the low of being alone, devastated, out of breath, feeling totally powerless. You see, on that day, I felt the power of the wind and the waves, and I was helpless against it. One of my favorite TV shows is the TV show Survivor. Anybody watch that show? I love that show. My daughter and I are in the middle of this current season right now, uh, but we also binge watch old seasons. And I was, we were binge watching an old season and this one Survivor player um, in this game, it's a TV show if you haven't heard of it, um, 
said this, I always feel like my life in this game is on the brink of either ecstasy or devastation in the game of Survivor. I always feel my life in this game is on the brink of ecstasy or devastation. You know, in the game of life, this is true. Some moments we are riding on that high, and then all of a sudden something comes and hits us, and we are alone, devastated, out of breath, and on the brink of death. For the disciples on this day in the boat, this was their experience. They had been with Jesus. They had watched him turn water into wine, bring life out of death. And just moments before this story, take five loaves of bread and two fish and feed over 5,000 people. And now they're in the middle of a storm, alone. One day, ecstasy, the next day, devastation. When I was a senior in college, I played on the soccer team here at Hope. We had an incredible season, 17 wins, national tournament. We didn't get a goal scored against us. We, I thought we were gonna win the national championship. And then all of a sudden, 0-0 against Wheaton College, we went into a shootout and we lost. It was all over. What now? You know, for our athletes at Hope College, this is an all too real reality that your life and something you spent so much time at is all of a sudden over in a blink. You see, life constantly teeters on the brink of ecstasy and devastation. One day, we live in a happy family and the next moment it's a divorce. A good bill of health and then the diagnosis of cancer. Straight A's and then a test comes along and we just don't know the answers, no matter how hard we studied. Sober and in control and then we drank too much and found ourselves in the midst of a storm, under the waves, powerless, alone and out of breath. Other times it feels like we're stuck rowing, just like those disciples, in the midst of depression, anxiety, or a family conflict that won't resolve. But my friends, once again, I wanna introduce you to Jesus. This Jesus that enters into the midst of the storm and said, it is I, don't be afraid. Jesus enters in to the storm and says, it is I, don't be afraid. The same storm that causes us to feel devastated, alone and out of breath, Jesus goes right through it, right to us. I have felt the power of the wind and the waves and to think that a man could walk through it and on top of it and come right to those people in the midst of it is unbelievable. And if you've ever felt the wind and the waves, you know what I'm talking about. When we are terrified, Jesus comes along conquering the wind and the waves, telling us not to fear, and he longs to be with us in the midst of it. Despite their terror, the Bible says the disciples invited Jesus into the boat, and immediately they reached the shore. One author, Leslie Newbegin, describes it this way. More violent than the storm that threatens to drown them are their doubts and perplexities. And then at the moment of their greatest distress, they behold Jesus, and they hear the words, it is I, don't be afraid. This morning, Hope College, whatever your storm may be, I want you to hear these truths about Jesus. You are not alone because Jesus enters in 
to the eye of the storm, right into the middle of it. You do not need to be afraid because Jesus has the power over the wind and the waves. And if he can calm them, don't you think that he can calm you? You can invite Jesus into your journey because he wants to be a part of it. In the midst of both the ecstasy and devastation, Jesus wants to be invited into the boat, in with you, along your journey. That invitation is open to all of us. So this morning, we are asking that same question those disciples were. Who is this Jesus? This Jesus that can turn water to wine and bring life to the death, can he calm the storms in my life and in my soul? In yours? Are you willing to invite him into your journey? Go in peace.